She is the Amazon number one best-selling author of A Child-Free Happily Ever After and child-free advocate whose key message is around the C-word, choice. She believes that all women should make their own rules and do what is right for their life. Her goal is to change the dialogue around being child-free from judgment, criticism, and having to adhere to different rules, to one of support and acceptance. Her personal mantra is never let anyone dull your sparkle. Firecrackers, please welcome Tanya. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Child-free Tanya is with me today. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. I'm very excited to be talking to Ms. Firecracker herself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for coming to my show. Um, I had you already in, in the Honest Supper. We did this special for Child-Free Day, International Child-Free Day. And I really Indeed. wanted to have you come again as my guest because um, I would love to hear your story. And I'm sure that many people from my audience would too. So um, the fr- I wanted to start from the beginning. I want to hear sure. your story from day one. How, do, how was it growing up in Australia? I was just telling yep. you I want to go. I'm really scared of sharks and crocodiles, <laughs> but I really want to go. And, and yeah, so tell all. Cool. Oh, God, where do I start? Um, so, I mean, I always knew that I didn't want to have children. I grew up in a very normal family. I had a great childhood. You know, dad went to work, mum stayed at home. She was the domestic one who, you know, looked after, I have got a younger sister, so looked after me and my sister, took us around to sport, did the housework, you know, did all that. So it was a very traditional upbringing um, in that respect. I grew up in a very small um, town in New South Wales, um, sort of, I guess you'd probably consider it a, a country town, but now live um, in the big city and have done for quite some time. Um, but yeah, growing up, I had a great childhood. I had, you know, I looked up to my dad, had a fantastic work ethic. And as much as I, you know, I loved my mom, um, I looked at her often and went, that's not the life that I want because I could see her being this, you know, home homebody and, and rearing children and doing all that sort of stuff. And I just went, there's got to be more to life than this. So, and it's, it's interesting. My sister always wanted to have like six kids. I mean, she's got three. Um, but she was the total opposite. So for two kids to grow up in the same household, two and a half years apart in age, to want totally different things, I just I, I find that fascinating because I'm like, how does that happen? That to me is crazy. But I was always very adamant about it um, growing up. And of course, you know, especially when you're that young, um, you know, you get, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're 13, you'll change your mind. And then it was like, oh, you went, you know, you know, when you get married, but so all through life, you hear all that, you know, it's obviously when you're younger, it starts. Um, I don't get it now because, you know, I'm in my late forties. So those questions are sort of stopped. Thank God. Now it's like, oh, don't you regret having them? So certainly the questions have changed, but, um, look, I was always very adamant. I'm a very strong, independent, stubborn <laughs> my husband can can vouch for all these um, women so I know my own mind I know what I want um, I'm very direct I'm not afraid to tell someone um, or you know or call someone on some of the stuff that they've asked me or 
you know, made me try to feel shame or whatever as well. So I think I'm lucky in that respect is when these conversations come up or someone wants to question my choice, I can pretty quickly put someone sort of back in their place or, or answer them, ask them a question that might make them make a bit, feel a bit uncomfortable and say, well, you know, you don't, you just ask me a personal question. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I played with dolls. I did all that sort of stuff growing up. Um, I never thought when I held a doll that, oh my God, this is what I want to be. Like one day I want to be a mum. To me, it was just a way to fill in time. Um, I was just playing. So I didn't have those baby fantasies that maybe a lot of kids have as well. Um, you know, and, and even growing up, like my mother and my father never went, oh no, you have to make us grandparents. So there was never pressure from them either. So I was very lucky not to have that um, put on me or that pressure or that expectation as well. It was always like, you do what makes you happy. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm really grateful for the fact that I have, I had that upbringing. I had, I was allowed to have that choice because I think a lot of women feel pressure and um, expectation to, to have kids for their parents to keep them happy and so forth. So I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful to have what I have. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that you just said. So the first one that caught my, my attention was you said, you know, those questions. So basically when are you going to have kids, blah, 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 those stop, but the questions actually change. So yes. now you're being asked, do you regret it? Or I'm guessing you're also being asked who's going to take care of you when you're old. Yep. <laughs> like exactly it's just the, the questions that have changed over time and I remember um when the book launched a couple of years ago I was doing a radio interview and they um opened up the phone lines and the first call I had was from this older lady now she was probably she sounded like she was in her 70s I suppose and she said oh you people you women that don't want to have children oh like you're just you know not good for society and you're going to expect everyone to look after you and and all this sort of stuff when you're older. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said to her, I said, well, having children doesn't necessarily mean that your children are going to look after you when you're older. And I said, and in, in terms of expecting the government and other people um, to look after me, I said, I've got, you know, I've got plans in place for that. I said, you know, if they, you know we have savings and investments and things. And, you know, there's, lo there's lots of things that you can put in place that don't involve kids looking after you. Um, and it was really interesting. Every single person that I that called in after that had a go at her and went, how dare she? And there were parents in that as well. So there were some parents going, you know, I've got two kids, but she is so far off base and how dare she say that to you? And so it was really interesting how much support I got um, from parents and non-parents in that respect, because someone, I was being attacked by this woman who just thought I was going to be this drain on society. So yeah, it is really interest, interesting that people will give you that look like they feel sorry for you sometimes. And you know what? I think I, that doesn't worry me because I go, well, that's on you, not me. If you've got a problem with it, you're the one that needs to deal with it. I don't have a problem with it. And I really don't care what anyone else thinks. So I just say, well, that's your problem, not mine. Um, and I just think, you know, water off a duck's back, which is a saying that we, you know, a bit of a slang saying we yeah. use here in Australia. It's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, it doesn't really phase me. So um, I'm quite, confident in being able to come back to people and, and answer those tougher questions but I know that you know that's not the case for every child for a woman though as well yeah it is it isn't unfortunately so but you know um and speaking of you know having this type of comments because I, I think it's really amazing that you know people who called after this lady were like defending you yeah um yeah. but I, I'm guessing she's not the first or the last person who said anything to you 
But since yeah. you knew that you wanted to not have children since a very early age, how was that? Like, how was that um, with your parents and your peers? Did you ever feel pressured at some point? Um, no, look, I didn't feel pressure. I think sometimes you put women can put a lot of the pressure on themselves. So if their parents are saying to them or whatever, like, I think it's up to you if you feel that pressure or not. Um, because I said, I was pretty good at sort of pushing back and going, well, no, that's not what I want. And I know what I want and I'm going to do what I want. Um, so even, um, though, um, you know, I didn't feel that pressure as such, I can understand that people, that people do. And even with friends and so forth, going through school and stuff and, and, you know, I'd have friends say, oh, I just want to get married and have three kids. And I'd think, oh my God, like, really, is that all you want in life? There's got to be more to life than that. So you know, a lot of my really good friends that have been friends since school um, and have or been friends with for 20 years, whatever, have got kids, you know, and I think, you know, we've been able to have a great friendship because we've both respected each other's choices. So I've never had any of them say to me, oh, but Tan, you should be a mom, you'd be a great mom. Um, and if they ever did, then they got shut down pretty quickly by me going, hey, you do what you want and I'll do what I want. So I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. um, have that and I but again I think that's part of the way that I've handled it as well to say well no I'm that's not you know you can say what you want and believe what you want I'm happy have I ever given you any indication that I'm not happy um just leave me be to you know be who I am so again I think sometimes women can can take pressure on that they shouldn't necessarily do but again that maybe can come with confidence to sort of push back as well confidence and boundaries yeah, those are very strong boundaries because it's really easy to let people get in your head, mm -hmm. especially yes. when you don't have boundaries, and especially when you're like when you feel that other people, other people's opinion of you is really important. And yeah. yes, it's important for some things, and I'm not talking about everyone's opinion. I'm talking just like your inner circles, like your family and yeah. your closest friends, and maybe your significant other uh, or your partner. But this is the one thing that women um, shouldn't feel pressure about. Yeah. It's such an important exactly. decision to make, right? Yeah, totally 100% agree. Like it's, it's, you know, and these are why the conversations that you have with people are so, so important. Like when I was interviewing people, um, when I was writing the book, I was amazed at how many women had gotten married and hadn't had that conversation with their partner. And you're like, what do you mean? Like you didn't have a conversation about if you wanted to have children before you got married. Like to me, that just blew my mind. Cause I like, what happens if you get, you get married and then one of you go, well, I don't want kids. Like, how do you deal with that? That puts a, I mean, marriage can be hard enough as it is. Let alone having that extra pressure of going, well, one of us wants kids and one of us doesn't want kids. So I think having those conversations is so, so important. I had that conversation when I got engaged to my husband. Now we've been married 25 years. Um, in, in, we were married 25 years in March. And, you know, that if I had gone into the marriage, um, you know, with him having an expectation of we're going to have kids, I mean, that might have changed the ball game totally because he would have been like, well, hang on a minute, you never told me that. So I think it's really important that you have those conversations before you enter into, into a lifelong partnership of any sort. And I think it's very important to have those conversations with your parents um, as well to, to manage that expectation and say, look, this is what I want. This is why I want it. This is what I want to do with my life. You know, it's not a judgment on you or your choices. You know, you had a choice when you wanted to be a parent to do what you wanted to do. 
Um, now it's turn for me to have my choice and live my life the way that I want it. And I want you to support and accept that. So I think more of those conversations need to be had by people. And yeah, they're tough conversations to have for sure. But I think you have to be a bit brave and a bit courageous and say, well, you know what, if I really want to live a fabulous child-free happily after, as I, as I call it, then you need to be brave enough to have the right conversations with the people in your inner circle as well. Absolutely. And you know, that reminds me, I actually had a conversation recently with someone and she said to me something along the lines that her parents and her husband's parents had the right to be grandparents. Ooh, and I thought, wow. well, that's a very interesting choice of word <laughs> because, you know, being a grandparent or even being a parent is not really a right. It's a, I guess it's a responsibility. Uh, yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely not something that everyone should be doing for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, this is, you know, t- talking about expectations and how to manage them. Um, I think that that pressure that comes from parents or your uh, in-laws can be very suffocating for many women. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. And I think, um, you know, that comment in itself is so wrong in so many ways, I suppose, saying that they have a right. I actually, I've written about this, this topic before as well about you know, these grandmothers that think that, well, you have to make me, a, you know, a grandparent because I'm, you know, I'm the only one out of my friend circle that doesn't have grandkids. Um, and it's, it's, it's so selfish of them. Um, you know, we talk about this selfish conversation all the time when it comes to child-free, but it's actually, I think, probably more so in reverse because, you know, wanting a child is your choice. Wanting a grandchild and putting that pressure on your children is all about your choice and it's all about what you want. Um, which is really, which is really selfish. So, um, and and this is where you know conversations need to change in within families. There needs to be more education around this. There needs to be, you know, motherhood needs to not be put on a pedestal like it constantly is by the media. You know, the media and movies and so forth have a big responsibility in this because you know you look at just about any movie. There's very few of them. Um, that have these strong child-free women who don't all of a sudden yearn for a baby and all of a sudden their life's complete, you know? Um, so I think there needs to be more responsibility in filmmaking and media and how they're reporting, you know, this, you know, you could look at any magazine and, oh my God, this, this celebrity's pregnant. Like, who cares? Like, you know, like it's, it's, that's, to me, that's not responsible journalism. Like I would rather see stories about, like women doing amazing things in the world and the fact that they, they're having a baby. I mean, to me, that's just whatever. Like most people can have a baby. Um, you know, share stories about women who are really doing amazing things in their industries and in their fields and their careers, like, and, and doing other things rather than just motherhood. And I think that's part of the problem and, and why these comments come up about having a right to be a grandparent. Well, who says that? It's become, because we're, you know, this pronatalist society has just, you know year after year um you know we're told this story and the, and the fairy tales and they all need to change um so there's a lot of responsibility on lots of different people i think to start to change those conversations that is absolutely true um i wanted to ask you something that has to do with being you know your partner because you mentioned your partner as well you told him that you were child free when you got engaged so he's your husband now basically yes um wasn't that i mean because normally I've, I hear women, child-free women in general say, oh, I tell them like straight away. <laughs> like I want absolutely no expectations. 
So how was it for you, you know, dating since you already knew that you were child-free? Um, how was well, it? Look, I probably mentioned it, like when I say we had a, a conversation about it as such, but I, I would have been, um, I'm sure, pretty vocal about the fact that I didn't want kids all through the time that we were dating. So I don't think it was a surprise when it was, okay, well, if we are going to get married, you need to be okay with it because I'm not going to change my mind for you. You know, his parents um, probably expected that I would change my mind because, you know, they already, you know, they were, they were starting to have grandchildren in the family and so forth. And so I think there was an expectation that you know, he would get married and he would have kids like his brothers and sisters. Um, so I was very adamant with all of them, um, you know, all the way through. But obviously, you know, when, when it comes to commitment time, it's like, are you sure? Like this is, I won't change my mind. I know what I want. Um, and look, Shane was Shane is probably rare, I think, when it comes to men, and that he actually believes that children should be a woman, the woman's choice. He said it's you know your, women are the one that have to have babe, like carry them, give birth, prime you know primary caregivers most of the time, um, you know all that sort of stuff. He said it's it's it should be your choice. He said it has nothing to do with me. So he's always been very respectful of of that with with women in general. Um, but especially when we were having that conversation, he goes, well, it's up to you. He said, if, he said, I, he said, I don't care either way. He goes, if you decide that you want kids, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll have kids. If you don't, then I'm fine with that. He said, you know, there's plenty of other things that, you know, we have that will, you know, that, and we're going to be happy with, you know, nieces and nephews. So it's not like we don't spend time around any children. Um, you know, we have friends with kids. We have nieces and nephews that we love and we visit and spend time with. I've just been up in North Queensland visiting one of my best friends and she has four kids, you know. So it's not that like we don't spend time around children. And, look, you know, he love, loves our lifestyle as well. So, you know, he couldn't do what he does um, day to day if we had kids. So he wouldn't change that for a second now either. But um, so I was very lucky that he's always been, um, respectful of the fact that hey it's it's my body because as a woman we do take on the primary responsibilities after after they come into this world so um you know and if he wasn't like that then I dare say I wouldn't be with him either um so it's just you know that comes back down to who he is as a person so yeah I suppose hopefully answers that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's interesting I mean because what I've heard from the stories I've heard women are usually usually tell the the, you know their partner before they get engaged or right more or less around the same time or even before that when they meet them uh no expectations just putting it out there um but men still feel that they're going to change their mind mm. you know they're gonna yeah. they're like oh this is just a face you know they don't maybe they don't say it to their face but they're like ah oh, you're gonna get over it we're gonna you know you're gonna want to be a mother and this happened for example to Kristen uh, Tetsi, she's one of my co-hosts in Chelsea Girls, and she well, she's been married three times. And with her first two husbands, there was always that expectation that she was going to change her mind. Yeah. So um, I guess women who find that guy or that woman or that partner who understands, like from the beginning, respects that choice. It's it's very, um, I mean, very lucky. Yeah, and look, it's probably very rare and I think that's probably why it is is important to have you know when you start dating someone you know even though you might just be dating and it's not a serious relationship as such even just saying well no you know I am child free I want to remain child free I won't change my mind and being adamant so then when you are 
dating early on, you find the right people um, and and exactly that they, that will respect your choice. And yeah, that would be really hard to have that situation where you think that they've gone, oh yeah, okay, they, they're, they're fine with it. And in the end, they're, they're really not. So I feel for anyone that has to go through that. I think that's really unfair on the man to do that to, to a woman as well. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Circling back to what you were saying about how media needs to change and the conversation needs to, you know, just uh, get more, I would say, mainstream, to put it in a word. Um, I know that you wrote a book. So I want to ask you about that because I know that is actually, you know, writing books or writing blogs or doing podcasts or everything that many childhood women, many people in our community are doing now is helping to get that conversation to this level when people are just going to stop asking, why on earth don't you have kids? Like, that's the whole point, right? Um, So I wanted to ask you about your book. What motivated you to write it? Um, How was that process for you? Um, look, I'd, I'd actually had the idea for the book probably um, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago. It was quite some time ago. And um, it was when I was interviewed by a sort of a local paper and it was about the choice to be child free. And there was a few women that they interviewed for it. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, oh, this would probably make a really good book. You know, there's more women wanting to be child free. And at that time, I didn't know many child free women either. Um, so I started to, you know, I think I wrote like a, you know, a few pages and then it sort of got parked and I never did anything with it. But then, um, so about three months, three years ago now, I was on a Facebook page of a friend and someone had brought up parent parking and they were talking about how these people that park in parent parking are like monsters and they're terrible people. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, and I was like, well, parent, being a parent is a choice. So I'm sorry, I don't understand why they should have special car parks. I don't agree with it. Um, I will never park in a disabled spot because they, they don't have a choice to, you know, to, you know, to be that, that way. Um, and I would certainly always support them and help them wherever I can. But when it comes to being, you know, a mom, I don't think you need to have special parking. So I commented on it. There was all, oh my God, the responses around that topic were so passionately one way or the other. I went, Wow isn't this a, a topic um, that, that sort of raises some, some controversy? And I went, you know what? Now is the right time to write this book. So that really is what triggered me to start writing it. And funnily enough, I didn't plan this, but when I look back from the um, moment I started writing to when it was launched was nine months. <laughs> so it was like, like this a pregnant. is my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I couldn't have planned that. Um, but yeah, so it was, and I really wanted to share um, or stories of other women, but I didn't want it to be just about child-free women as well. So in the book, I interview women who are child-free by choice. I interview women who are childless by circumstance, so they couldn't have babies or that just hasn't happened for them for whatever reason. I've interviewed women who are very happy mums. And I also interviewed women who were mums and regretted it because I really wanted the conversation to be full circle and show all facets and all sides of what it can look like. Um, Cause I think that's really important when people are sitting on the fence and are undecided going, well, I don't know if I want to be a mother or not, that they understand that yes, there can be great regrets on either side. 
um, that the life can be great on either side, you know, that you can have a fulfilled life on either side. Um, but in the end, you know, my focus is and always will be around what I call the C word and it's about choice. So anything that I'm doing with my media interviews, with my writing and stuff, I always try and have that basic premise of this is all about choice, guys, and doing what is right for you. Because one of the things I don't um, don't like is the mum bashing and the way that some women refer to mothers and um, and some of the words that they use. And I just think that is just really mean and nasty. It's not necessary. Um, if you want someone to respect your choice as a child-free person, you need to respect their choices for being a mother. Um, we can all happily coexist. Um, and, the, you know, the reason that I really wanted to write the book was to change the dialogue and the conversation. So let's change it from, you know, um, judgment and criticism to support and acceptance. And that was, you know, the number one goal. And that's what I'm trying to do in, in everything that I'm doing with, you know, the writing that I'm doing with the interviews, with the conversations that, you know, the, the stuff that I'm doing on YouTube, on Child Free TV, like it's, it's about sharing women's stories and saying, even though, you know, we, we, we might all be child free, we all have very different lives still as well. So, you know, we, there's these stereotypes about what a child free person looks like. And we are all very different and we all have different things that fulfill us and, that, you know, that motivate us and that we want in our life. So, the stereotypes have to stop as well. So I think the more everyone in the child-free community can be vocal about it and be on social media and be doing these podcasts and writing books and stuff, I just think it's fantastic because that's what we need to change the dialogue in the media, in, you know, in society, in church, families, everywhere. I think it's really, really important. And, and I love the fact that you're doing this podcast. I just think, you know, it's, it's spreading more awareness, which is what we need. Thank you. Yeah, that's the whole point. I mean, the whole point is to normalize the conversation as well as yeah. have a more, I think, tight, a tighter community is something that I really want to achieve as well. Because, I mean, like you said, there are people in our community who are like, they, they do a lot of parent bashing. And I think that comes also from the frustration of being criticized by parents. Um, yeah. I don't do it. I don't like it. As you mentioned, I think some of those words are mean and completely unnecessary. But I also understand that some people uh, just haven't been treated right for because of their choice. And, and that's just, you know, I think that if we were a tighter community, if we found more ways to talk about this subject, to put all of our stories out there, then um, more tougher people were going to be like, you know what, there's a lot of us out there. We're all fine with it. We love being child free. I don't care what anyone says. And yeah. I think that would also you're right. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me what the, you, what's your favorite story from your book? Oh, wow. Um, God, I don't know that I could pick just one. Um, I think what I love about the stories is they are quite diverse in that there was, you know, even some of the child-free women that I um, interviewed, like there was, um, I remember one of um, Nikki, now, Nikki had wanted to be a mum at one stage and then um, had different relationships and stuff and then came to a decision of like, hang on a minute, do I actually want to be a mum? No, actually, I don't. So there's, 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 you know, there's stories like that. There's stories of people like me who always wanted to, um, who, who always wanted to not have children. You know, there's a story of, um, of Tracy, who's a friend of mine, and she um, 
absolutely loves kids. Like she loves spending time with them and, and has lots of kids around her in her life, but just doesn't want them for herself. Um, and that's, what I, that's why I think it, it's so important to share the diversity um, that there is amongst you know, the child-free lives that we have because we are all very different. Not, you know, I'm, you know, I'm married with, with three dogs. You know, there are child-free women who aren't married at all, who don't have partners, who want to be single. There are ones that are, that are in different types of relationships. There are, you know, there are ones that are, um, that don't have, don't love pets either. That, you know, they, they go, well, I don't want any responsibility. I don't want dogs. I don't want these. So there are ones that are, aren't career crazy like they make us all out to be. Um, so I think we're all so different and, and that's, oh, yeah, I can't pick one story that I go, oh, my God, this is a story that, that um, that you know, that this is probably the best one. I just think that they are good in all different ways because they bring something to the conversation that is different. So, yeah, sorry, I can't pick one for you. <laughs> <laughs> and how was the process of writing a book? How did you find it? Was it hard? Because I always feel that writing a book is like a hard thing to do. Oh, look, it was certainly challenging at times. I remember when I first got the idea, I went, right, I'm just going to start writing. So I just started like literally, you know, every night or whatever I'd go and I'd write, you know, just sit down and just write stuff. And I'd, I'd put headings and I'd start writing under different headings. And I started sort of like mapping out what I thought the chapters were going to look like and so forth. And, and I had, um, you know, I had about 10,000 words or something and then I went, you know what, maybe I need to work with someone on this because, I really don't know anything about writing a book. Yes, I can I can write and I enjoy the process. So I end up um, looking for an editor that could help me figure it all out and give me the timelines and 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 whatever. So you know, I reached out to um, the Grammar Factory, which were in Melbourne, um, and Jackie, who was who owned Grammar Factory at the time, was absolutely amazing. And she listed it all out. She said, right, we need first draft by this date, second, you know, and then we'll do edits. We'll come back with second draft. So she literally, everything was on a timeline. And this is when we're going to do cover art. And this is when we're going to have the final copies. So it was all sort of mapped out for me. So I just worked to that deadline. And I think that makes a difference because I've I heard so many people say, oh, it took me five years to write my book. And I was like, wow, like, that's just crazy. Um, look, I'm very motivated um, and focused when I set my mind to something. So that certainly does make a difference. But I think in it, when you are writing, you need to have timelines and deadlines. Um, I think that's really important. So I just, so I actually went away and wrote the majority of it. So I went out and actually house-sitted and, and dog-sitted for a friend of mine in Cairns for two weeks when I wrote the majority of it. And I came back with 45,000 words and I was so excited going, oh my God, I sent it off to the publisher. And I remember getting a phone call. I remember where I was at the time and getting this phone call. And she said, look, it's a great first draft, but and I was like, oh my God, what's she going to say? And she'd ripped out like 20,000 words. And she's wow. like this, you know, and, but she, she waited to explain it. She said, let's put it into two sections and, and let's do it like this. And it all made perfect sense. She sent me back what, you know, all this, and, you know, and there was probably too much personal stuff in there that we had to sort of pull out and stuff like that. But what her feedback and her comments were absolutely priceless. And so I just had to do my rewrites and, and go and do more research and did all that. So I've, I actually love the process. I think especially when you can work with someone that, that writes, that knows books and, and understands how to write a book, how to structure it and stuff like that makes all the difference in the world. Um, and look, you don't, you certainly do not get rich or make money off making a book. I think people think, oh, you know, you've written a book and it sold lots of copies. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to remember when you sell it on Amazon, they take a nice big chunk of it. And all those booksellers take a nice big chunk of it. So 
at the end of the day, there's really not much left. Um, so, you know, it, it, you've got to be, I think, mindful of why you're writing it. If you're writing it to be rich, stop right now. <laughs> if you're writing it because you, you've got something to share that you want to get out into the community, then, yeah, I think it's, it's a great thing. I loved it. I found it very cathartic. Um, you know, I was very lucky that, you know, my friends and my family, you know, even I've had mums um, that are friends that went, oh, my God, Tan, this is such a great read. There was things in here that I never thought of that I want my daughters to know about. So I thought, oh, my God, that's fantastic that now they're wanting to educate their daughters about this is a choice. So to me, I think it's a great book for mums to read as well, to go, well, be mindful of, you know, this is how we come to having a child-free life. And, you you know, your daughters probably should read this to understand that they have a choice as well. So I think, you know, overall, I think the process is, is fantastic. You just need to be focused and I think have deadlines and that makes a huge difference. Wow. Well, it does, it does sound challenging. Uh, but I mean, this is just a thought because to anyone may, who's maybe listening to this podcast, who's thinking about writing a book, like I wouldn't know where to start. Uh, <laughs> I'm not thinking about writing one right now, but um, it's very interesting. And I also find very, you know, cool that you've gotten such positive feedback from people who are parents because, yeah. and then, then also them wanting their daughters to know a lot of, I mean, to understand that they have a choice and you know because since we're very young we're all conditioned to think that we're going to become moms at some point yeah um so I think that's really cool I love I love parents who are allies to our um community they're so great I think they're a very important part of changing the conversation absolutely for them to go hey you know that's fine she's child free I've got kids you know they they you know love their kids and even if they they can understand why we want to be child free doesn't mean they don't love their kids any less even if they regret it you know they still go I love my kids but man if I had my time again maybe I wouldn't have done it so I think there's a lot of women who go yeah this this is bloody hard you know we need to make sure that our children are understanding how hard it is and that that it is a choice and I think yeah again the more parents and non-parents that are doing the right thing and, and saying this is a choice rather than just going with what's traditional um, and that gives a voice to this conversation is what we need. Exactly. We need to have more voices speaking for, you know, just to normalize this and to just put it out there and raise awareness that this is a choice. Yes. I completely agree with you. Well, Tanya, it's been such a pleasure to have you in my show. Thank you so much for coming. Um, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to add to this interview? Anything at all? I just want um, women to yeah understand that they have a choice to be to have a voice and not be scared to have a voice. If someone is pressuring them or exp- or is putting expectation of them on them to to be brave and stand up and push back and say no, this is what I want for my life, um, and yeah, and not be afraid. I think just you know be who you are. And don't let anyone bully you into into anything other than what you want for your life. Whether that is to have children or not to have children, it's all about the C word, which is choice. And I always say to to people, never let anyone dull you sparkle. Um, I think that's really important. Thank you so much for your words, Tanya. And to my firecrackers listening to this episode, I'm going to leave you guys Tanya's Instagram handle, uh, her website, a link to her book to Child Free TV. Everything's going to be in the description of the episode so you can go and find her. Um, And thanks again for being here. It was a pleasure to have you in my show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 
thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.